Hornet Heaven, Series 2, Episode 1, The Family Club, Earth Season 2015-16. In the rookery end, after 75 minutes of the Premier League home game against Aston Villa, on April the 30th, 2016, Bill Mainwood turned to Derek Garston, his programme assistant. What he saw alarmed him. Leave that girl alone, Derek. What you're doing is rude. It's all right, sir. The living never know I'm doing it. That just makes it creepier. Stop it. It's wrong. Bill pulled the 13-year-old boy back down into his seat. It's wrong to peek over people's shoulders at their phones. It's snooping. Derek folded his arms and slumped back in his seat. The girl had been looking at her iPhone 4, but he hadn't been able to see much. Despite having died 89 years before it was invented, Derek thought the iPhone 4 was pathetic. He wished the girl had upgraded to an iPhone 6S Plus. The massive screen would have given him a much better window on the outside world. What was she looking at anyway? Bill asked. Twitter, sir. Bill's eyes widened behind his spectacles. Twitter? Well, that decides it. No more screens. What? You can't say that. That's so unfair. Bill wagged his finger. From now on, if I catch you on a screen, young man, you're grounded. Derek stood up. He stamped his foot. You can't do this to me, sir. I hate you. It's for your own good, Bill said. How, sir? Why? Because... Because the internet isn't a safe place for young people like you. I don't believe this, sir. I only went on her phone because there's nothing to watch on the pitch. We're terrible. We're losing to Filler. They've lost their last ten matches. They've only won three matches all season. They've only got ten men on the pitch. Calm down, Derek. I can't, sir. The players clearly aren't doing what the head coach has told them to do. Bill thought he'd better try to defuse the situation. You're a big fan of Kike's, aren't you? Derek sat back down. Yes, sir. I love him. Even though the football's been crap. Bill's eyes doubled in size behind his spectacles. Language, young man. Sorry, sir. Bill turned back to the pitch. His eyes doubled in size further when he saw Stephen Berghaus was coming on as a substitute. Before today, the Dutchman had been deemed worthy of only 34 minutes of Premier League playing time since October. Derek's reaction was even stronger. OMG, sir! First you banned me from screens, and now Burghouse is coming on. How's that going to change anything? 
he's as limp and as wet as his hair. This is the worst day of my afterlife, sir. Bill said nothing. He knew that this was a huge exaggeration. Today wasn't the worst day of Derek's afterlife. The worst day of Derek's afterlife would come if he broke the internet ban and discovered the rumour from which Bill was trying to shield the boy. At the end of the villa game, Bill and Derek emerged into a crowd of jubilant Hornet Heaven residents on Occupation Road. Everyone was buzzing at the unexpected late victory. Watford fans from the 19th, 20th and 21st centuries were chanting the name of Troy Deeney. A posh lady from the 1940s shouted, Blue Nose! Blue Nose! Everyone joined in. This is the best day of my afterlife, sir, Derek said. Kike Sanchez Flores is a football genius. Bringing on Burgos changed the game. I love Kike more than I can say, sir. I want him to be our manager for all eternity. That may be a little unrealistic, Derek, Bill said. The best way to look at it is that he's already been head coach 41 times longer than Billy McKinley. So let's enjoy him while we have him. Derek came to a sudden halt on the pavement. What? You make it sound as if he might leave, sir. That would be terrible. Bill hoped he hadn't given the game away. He looked down at Derek's innocent face and wondered whether, even with a ban on screens, he'd be able to stop the rumour of Kike's departure reaching the young lad. Gossip was circulating Hornet Heaven like Valon Barami charging around Watford's midfield. Everyone was discussing whether Sanchez Flores should stay or go. Bill knew Derek would be devastated to hear such talk. I love him too much for him to go, sir. I know you do, Bill said. He's a lovely, lovely man. He's the daddy of all Watford managers, sir. Bill felt a pang of sadness, but tried not to show it in his face. Derek's father had been killed in the Battle of the Somme when Derek was only eight. The boy had been looking for a father figure for 99 years, until he'd found one in Kike Sanchez Flores. He's got to stay forever, sir. He's got to. Derek's plea confirmed to Bill what he had already suspected. Losing Kike would inflict deep psychological damage on the youngster. Bill didn't know what to say. As he hesitated on the pavement, Bill heard Freddy Sargent in the crowd behind them. Earlier in the week, the cantankerous forward from the end of the 19th century had been going around insisting that Sanchez Flores' record in 2016 was unacceptable and that the head coach's employment should be terminated forthwith. Bill didn't want Derek hearing this dangerous chatter. 
he quickly ushered Derek up the slope towards the atrium, out of harm's way. As they walked, Bill realised that a screen ban wouldn't be nearly enough to protect his young assistant from unhealthy gossip. He needed to take more drastic steps. The next day in the atrium, Bill set about tidying the programme shelves as usual. Nearby, Freddy Sargent was pontificating to anyone who might be listening. Sanchez Flores sticks to his favourites when they're out of form. He plays them out of position. He hasn't brought any youngsters through. Our form since Christmas has been terrible. Clear reasons he's got to go. Johnny Allgood was also at the programme shelves. As Watford's first ever manager, he couldn't stop himself from joining the debate. I don't agree, Freddy. The head coach had one task, to keep us in the Premier League. He's achieved it. This season, nothing else matters. Bill sighed. Without new information, the debate never moved forward. Rather like the two defensive midfielders Kike liked to deploy, Bill thought to himself. He was bored of the argument already so he was pleased when Freddy and Johnny's discussion came to a sudden end. He was less pleased by what brought the discussions to an end. There was shouting. There was a hammering of fists on the back of the locked door of Bill's small office, just off the atrium. Sorry, Bill said. What a racket, Freddy Sergeant said. Someone's having a tantrum. Has Fernando Forestieri arrived in Ornit, Evan? It must be Derek, Johnny Orgood said. I haven't seen him today. Is he okay, Bill? He's a teenager. He's suffering internet withdrawal symptoms, Bill said. I'm hoping it'll blow over soon. But Bill knew it wasn't going to blow over as long as the QSF debate kept raging. During the week, Bill entered the office carrying a small pile of programmes. He locked the door behind him again. Derek seemed calmer, but a little despondent. You haven't let me out of here for days, sir. Have I been a bad boy again? Bill stuck to his story. He handed over the pile of programmes. I'm sorry, Derek, but the repairs seem never-ending at the moment. OK. Fair enough, sir. Really? Bill said. Oh, good. Derek took a programme from Bill. I mean, look at this one, sir. It was from the amazing home game against Liverpool back in December. This has had far more use than any other programme this season. People just can't put it down. Derek clutched the well-thumbed programme to his small chest. A serene smile played across his soft young face. Kike's finest hour so far, sir. 
Bill was relieved. Derek seemed happier again. He moved out of Derek's eyeline and busied himself bending page corners and loosening staples on all the other programmes that didn't really need repairing at all. The programme from the FA Cup semi-final against Palace had hardly been touched. A couple of minutes later, Bill looked up again. Derek was gone. Bill ran down Occupation Row with another copy of the Liverpool programme from the atrium shelves. Ahead of him he saw Derek go through the ancient turnstile. When he finally got through the turnstile and arrived at the Liverpool game, he had no idea where Derek had gone. He began to fret. The boy could be snooping someone's phone by now, breaking the ban. Bill searched for Derek. He was combing the lower rouse when Nathan Ake put Watford 1-0 up within three minutes. The Watford supporters around Bill went wild. Twelve minutes later, he was in the rookery end as Oddie and Icarlo doubled the lead. The Watford supporters around Bill went even wilder. Then Bill saw Derek. The boy wasn't in the stands at all. He wasn't snooping a screen. He was in the technical area in front of the dugouts, right next to Kike Sanchez Flores. Kike, in his midnight blue double-breasted jacket and chic matching scarf, was waving his arms, issuing instructions. Young Derek, in his school blazer and shorts, was gazing up at the head coach in total admiration. Bill smiled at the scene. Watford fans in the stands were leaping around with joy at the best Watford performance at the stadium in 30 years, while Derek Garston looked totally relaxed and happy in the company of the man he'd recently called the daddy of all managers. Now Derek even started mimicking some of Kike's gestures. Bill wished the moment would go on forever. He'd probably never see Derek as happy as this again. At the final whistle, Derek would return to May 2016 and despite Bill's best efforts, would almost inevitably end up hearing the rumours of Kike's departure. The boy might never recover. A couple of days later, Bill was browsing the programme shelves. He was trying to come up with ideas for what he liked to call his magical history tours. These were themed trips to matches from Watford's past. He liked to suggest them to residents who couldn't decide which fixture to visit next. His recent FA Cup Giant Killings tour had proved particularly popular following Watford's magnificent overachievement at the Emirates in March. But its popularity had declined dramatically after Watford's dismaying underachievement at Wembley in April. Bill felt he needed to come up with something new and exciting, 
the opposite of what many fans felt they were getting under Kike Sanchez-Flores recently. At the shelves, he saw Mike Key. Mike had been Watford manager from 1973 to 1977. He'd arrived in Hornet Heaven in 2009. What do you make of the Kike situation? Bill asked. The 69-year-old let his face droop. He looked tired. At first, Bill thought Mike must be expressing his feelings about the tedious nature of the debate. Then Bill remembered that Mike had always looked tired. As a player, Mike Keane had loped around Watford's midfield looking permanently exhausted. As a manager, he'd always looked as if he just wanted to sleep to prove that failing to stop Watford sliding into Division 4 was all a terrible dream. Poor Kike, having his job discussed in public, Mike said. I got a lot of stick before I was sacked, but at least Twitter and Facebook weren't around in 1977. People didn't have so many places to write Keen out. Mainly it was toilet walls. Bill cast his mind back to those dark days when a man couldn't answer the call of nature without being forced to contemplate Mike Keane's impending unemployment. He shuddered. Your time with us didn't end well, but we're glad it didn't put you off the club, Bill said. It's good to have you in Hornet Heaven. Thanks. I never wanted to leave Watford. It was heartbreaking the way they did it. Sacked me before the home game against Huddersfield, but didn't tell anyone till after the game. I never had a chance to say goodbye to the fans. That would have meant a lot to me. Of course, it would have done. Do you fear they'll do the same to Kike? Eh? No idea. What I do know, though, is that he's definitely on his way. Really? What makes you so sure? It's how clubs do things these days. If they think fans are going to be shocked by a manager being told to do one, they start a rumour. That way, fans start thinking about it. They get used to the idea so they don't complain when the manager gets the big E. Golly, I'd never thought of it like that, Bill said. They're spinning it, Mike said. They've made Kike sacking Watford's worst-kept secret in a long time. Deliberately. Mike wandered off. Bill stared out of the atrium window in deep thought. It all sounded very credible, and if Mike was right about Kike leaving, young Derek was going to be very upset. Suddenly, Bill felt under pressure to take a leaf out of the club's book and start using spin to get Derek accustomed to the idea. But he couldn't think how to broach the subject gently enough. 
more to the point. He simply didn't have the heart to be the person who hurt Derek with the notion that Kike might leave. So he convinced himself that Mike Keane was wrong. Kike was staying. This meant that shielding Derek from the rumours was definitely the correct strategy. He was doing the right thing. He'd carry on making sure Watford's worst-kept secret was Hornet Heaven's best-kept secret, as far as Derek was concerned. He grabbed a few more programmes from the shelves, scuffed them up a bit, and took them to Derek in the office. On the Sunday... Bill unlocked the office door and went through. Derek, you've worked so hard on these repairs that you deserve a break, he said. Fancy an outing? Liverpool away, sir? Marvellous. Is the programme in? Just arrived. Let's go. They walked down Occupation Road. They went through the ancient turnstile and arrived at Anfield. They sat in bright sunshine in the away section at the Anfield Road end. As kick-off approached, Bill noticed that Derek was eyeing up the mobile phones of the real-world fans around them. Sir, I've been thinking, Derek said. If it's Twitter you don't like, I promise I won't look at it. I'll only snoop over people's shoulders when they're browsing something more edifying. I'm sorry, Derek, but a screen ban is a screen ban. I could look at Facebook instead, sir. There's a group specially for Watford fans. It's called Enjoy the Game. It's a reliable source of considered and profound debate, I hear. Derek, perhaps you didn't hear me. All the Watford Forum, sir. I'm told that the people who post there are always very nice to each other. Apparently, every single post contains rich insights that deepen the emotional experience of being a Watford fan. Bill shook his head. I'm sorry, Derek. No internet. Derek stamped his foot. For God's sake, sir! This is Hornet Heaven, not North Korea! Over the next few days in Hornet Heaven, the gossip about Kike still wouldn't die down. But on the Wednesday evening, when a new programme came in, Bill decided to risk taking Derek on another outing. They went to Carrow Road for Watford's penultimate match of the season at Norwich. Watford started quite brightly. After 11 minutes, Troy Deeney scored. Bill punched the air and hugged the bobble-hatted Hornet Heaven resident next to him. They jumped around. For a few moments, Bill was lost in joy. When play restarted, he sat back down again. Suddenly, he saw that Derek wasn't beside him anymore. He craned his neck to see whether Derek was in the technical area again, but there was no sign. His heart sank. He resigned himself to a long search. But it didn't take long to find the boy. 
Derek was further along the same row, kneeling on the concrete. He was reading the back page of a copy of The Sun that someone had dropped. Stop! Bill shouted. Don't read another word! Derek looked up and saw him. This isn't fair, sir! You can't ban me from newspapers, too! What are you so worried I'm going to see? Well, I... The truth is... Yes, you're a 13-year-old boy, Derek. Page three is rude and dirty. Derek stood up and stepped away from the newspaper. OK, fair enough, sir. They made their way back to their seats. Before half-time, Watford let in three goals. A few Hornets fans started to vent their frustrations by criticising the head coach. Bill drowned them out by singing the Kike Sanchez Flores song as close as he could to Derek's ears. Kike Sanchez Flores. During the interval, Bill watched Derek open the match programme and begin to read. Bill had no problem with this at all. He knew the boy was on safe ground. Read to your heart's content, my boy. Programmes are good for you. They're nourishing. They only give you the official line. No rumours. No tittle-tattle. But tittle-tattle has its place, sir. Sometimes it's vital to our understanding of the game. Like in 1991 when we discovered that Andy Kennedy, our centre-forward, had been dating Maria Whittaker, the page three girl. Bill frowned. How is idle gossip like that vital to our understanding of the game? It told us why Andy Kennedy always looked such a cocky kid, sir. Bill nodded. The young man had a point. A couple of rows away, a debate started up about whether Kike should stay or go. It got louder. Bill couldn't afford to let Derek hear it. He turned to the Hornet Heaven resident he'd hugged when Deanie had schooled. Excuse me, he said, and grabbed the man's bobble hat. He rammed the hat onto Derek's head and pulled it down over the boy's ears. Oi, sir! It suddenly turned quite brisk for a spring evening, Bill said. We can't have you catching a chill. Derek glared at him. To be on the safe side, Bill pulled the hat down over the boy's eyes too. Derek peered at his mentor through the woolly hat. Are you trying to hide something from me, sir? The next day, back in the atrium, with Derek hard at work on repairs, Bill bumped into Mike Keane again at the programme shelves. They chatted. Do you still think Kike's going to leave? Bill asked. He'll be off, Mike said. I just feel sorry for him that it's dragging on. He must feel pretty awful, Bill agreed. 
Mike nodded. You can try to debate things rationally, but at the end of the day, football is all about emotions. In the boardroom, in the dressing room, on the pitch, on the terraces. In Hornet Heaven too, Bill said. I know a young man who'll be very upset if Kike goes. But surely everyone's got used to the turnover of coaches by now. It's a bit more complicated than that. The boy's got daddy issues. He looks up to Kike, perhaps a bit too much. Mike nodded. Kids need their dads. Luckily, my lad Kevin was 42 by the time I passed on. He paused. He started to well up. Mind you, he said, dads need their kids too. Bill watched a tear spill down Mike's cheek. He placed a hand on Mike's shoulder and reflected how, over the years in Hornet Heaven, He'd met many parents who were missing their children. A man called Frank Jacket, in particular, was longing for the day that his son Kenny would eventually arrive. Happily, though, there were frequent father and son reunions when new residents arrived. Bill always shed tears of joy just watching. Kevin won't be coming up here, though. I'd always hoped I'd be manager here for years and... Kevin would grow up playing for us. I wanted him to be Watford through and through. But after I was sacked, that was never going to happen. He played over 200 games for West Ham. He caretaker managed them. So he'll go to Hammer Heaven when the time comes. I'll never see my son again. Mike bowed his head. Bill patted Mike's shoulder. It was heartbreaking to hear. But it did give Bill an idea. The next day, Bill led Derek from the office into the atrium. I'll take over the programme repairs. You go and have some fun. Fun, sir? Does that include the internet? During a particularly boring passage of play against Bournemouth, sir, I saw a man looking at pictures of... No, screens, Bill reiterated. Bill took the boy over to a small group of residents who were waiting by the programme shelves. The group included Mike Keane. Bill said, These people want to go on my latest magical history tour. I thought you might like to be their guide. You know, impress them with a few of your statistics. Derek's eyes lit up. Bill introduced Derek to a father and son, both called Jack Cardiff. At first, Derek found it confusing that the 30-year age difference was the wrong way round from in real life. The father was 64 and the son was 94. Wait a moment. Mr Cardiff, I recognise you, Derek said to Jack Senior. You played for Watford. Just once, 
in an 8-3 away win at Aylesbury United in March 1900. The group murmured with admiration. Then Bill introduced Derek to Mike Keane. I know a tremendous amount about you, Mr Keane, Derek said. 126 appearances as a player, 178 matches as manager, one more games than you lost. Responsible for the most attractive football Watford had played in years. Mike Keane was flattered. He spent most of his time in Hornet Heaven trying to keep a low profile. He'd always thought people blamed him for the club plummeting into Division 4 on his watch. But this boy knew his stuff, Mike thought. He warmed to Derek immediately. Bill said, So, today's magical history tour is entitled The Family Club. We all know the phrase from the Graham Taylor days, but down the years... Several siblings have taken the field together for Watford. Today, you'll watch Jack and Eddie Cother in 1898-9, Colin and Ernie Bateman in 1955-6, and David and Dean Holdsworth in 1988-9. The group nodded expectantly as Bill handed out the programmes. Well... That's enough from me, Bill said. I'll leave you all to get on. That evening, in the atrium, Bill listened to a group of former Watford managers discussing the Kike Sanchez-Flores situation. Johnny Allgood was there, so were Harry Kent, Neil McBain, and a recent arrival, Ken Furphy. Does Kike really love the horns, though? Ken Furphy asked. He changes clubs all the time. That's irrelevant. I was in charge at six clubs, Neil McBain said, but I'm in Hornet Heaven. Despite managing the team that dare not speak its name, Harry Kent said, Watford's second ever manager was renowned as a man of few words, but he always used eight words where the one word, Luton, would have sufficed. Neil McBain huffed. An aberration for which it seems I have to apologise every day for eternity, he said. Yes, Harry Kent said. Bill Mainwood wandered away from the discussion when he saw his magical history tour customers returning. He was delighted when they asked him for another themed tour. But what delighted him more was that Mike Keane and young Derek really seemed to be hitting it off. His latest idea was working. They were taking to each other as if they were foster dad and foster son. Briefly, Bill wondered whether to theme a magical history tour around the four players in Watford's history who share the surname Foster. Jack in 1905, Cyril in 1925, Colin in 1993 and Ben in 2005. But he didn't want Derek and Mike to guess his ulterior motives. Bill listened in to their conversation. Derek said, 
You see, Mr. Keane, your league win ratio is 37.64%, whereas Kike's, as of Wednesday night, is only 32.43%. You're clearly the better manager. Bill smiled. Exactly as he'd intended, the boy seemed to have found a new father figure. Derek might survive Kike's departure after all. On the Sunday, as Bill was at the shelves, the programme came in for Watford's final game of the 2015-16 season, at home to Sunderland. Derek rushed up and asked, Is it all right if I go with Mr Keaton, sir? Bill replied, I think that would be lovely. Bill did have a quick check of the programme cover, though, to see if there was a photo of Kike Sanchez Flores waving goodbye or something. In Hornet Heaven, they'd had no contact with the real world since the last match at Norwich, and Bill still couldn't be 100% sure how Derek would react if he was exposed to the gossip about the head coach. Luckily, the front-page photo was of Troy Deeney, pulling a particularly ugly face after his second goal at Crystal Palace in February. Everything was as it should be. Bill handed over two programmes and watched Derek and Mike head off to the ancient turnstile. Then, at a discreet distance, he followed them. As soon as Bill got through the turnstile, he heard the news. Two real-world fans were discussing it. It was official. The club had announced it. This was Kike's last match. Bill bowed his head. Oh, no, he said. He felt his heart breaking. At first he thought it was breaking for Derek. But then he remembered Derek had a new father figure. Derek ought to be all right. Bill realised his heart was breaking for Kike. He wandered into the Sir Elton John stand. From there, he saw giant banners held high by fans in the other stands. First, he saw one of Gino Pozzo in the rookery end. Then he saw one of Troy Deeney in the lower Graham Taylor. Finally, he saw one of Kike Sanchez Flores in the family stand. His vision misted with tears. He didn't know why. He couldn't explain to himself. It was just emotion. Exactly like Mike Keane had said. Bill took a seat in front of the press section in the Sir Elton John stand. He looked across at Derek and Mike Keane. They were laughing and joking. Derek stood up and waved at the Kike banner. Cheerio, cheerio, cheerio. The boys sat back down. Mike Keane ruffled his hair. As the match kicked off, Bill couldn't help reflecting on how Kike must be feeling. The head coach was being turfed out, but he was getting the chance to say goodbye that Mike Keane had been denied in 1977. Bill wondered how the football cliché, I've got mixed emotions, would translate into Spanish. It was an entertaining game, 
but Bill kept thinking about Kike. He remembered how Kike had kissed the face of the injured Etienne Capu as the midfielder was carried off on a stretcher at Wembley. Bill had never seen anything like that before. When Malky Mackay had expressed affection for players, it had been with a matey headlock. If Harry Kent had ever expressed affection, it had been through a fierce, inscrutable glare. Kike was the touchiest, feeliest manager Watford had had in their entire history. At the end of the match, Bill watched Kike, in a trim dark suit and dark tie, make a point of hugging every single Watford player. Warm, expressive hugs. Not a single matey headlock in sight. Bill removed his glasses to wipe his eyes. Bill stayed to watch the players and staff do the end-of-season lap of honour. Kike was surrounded by his children, waving to all sides of the stadium. Bill found himself wiping his eyes again. He could see how much love Kike had for the people in his life. Family, players, fans. The fans had been discussing the man's ability to perform his job, some of them unkindly, but here was a man living out his life in public with extraordinary grace, dignity and love. Honestly, sir, what are you blubbing about? Bill turned and saw Derek and Mike Keane. Well, I just think it's a bit sad about Kike, Bill said. He put his glasses back on. You can't afford to get emotionally attached to players and coaches, sir. You need to move on, just like they do. Bill smiled. It was a relief to hear Derek talking like this. The boy was definitely going to be all right. This is football, sir. The club's probably had another manager lined up all along. Bill hadn't started thinking about who might take over as the next head coach. The thought intrigued him. Really? Have you heard something? Who do you think it might be? Derek smiled to himself. I don't know, sir, but there's a man with a nice big iPhone 6S Plus over there. Bill grinned. I'm no good with technology, young man. You go and have a look for me. It's our last chance before next season. Really, sir? Really, Derek. Woo-hoo! Thank you, sir! Derek rushed over to the man with the iPhone. He got touch tight so he could have a really good snoop. Bill looked back down at the pitch. Troy Deeney was having a kick around with his children in the Vicarage Road End penalty area. Bill smiled and turned to Mike Keane. Mike smiled back. Mike Keane looked a lot happier in himself now he was spending time with Derek. Bill Mainwood patted Mike on the shoulder and headed back to the programme shelves. Perhaps more clearly than ever before, he could see just how much being the family club meant to Watford fans on earth and in heaven alike. End of episode one. 
The next episode of Hornet Heaven will be Series 2, Episode 2. Lads United. Hornet Heaven was created and written by Watford fan Ollie Wicken. It was read by Watford fan Colin Mace. It was produced by Watford fan John Mooney. Music by Watford fans Steve Joy and Jeff Wicken. <laughs> <laughs>